Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Man. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We starting straight. We coming straight out the gate with it today. We'll, we'll worry about an intro later, but uh, I definitely feel some type of way. And I'm here with D-Boy right now, back in Portland in the Pro District. All that good stuff, whatever. Don't even matter. Shame on them. So, EA Sports, or Mills Gaming, or quite frankly, I would have to say the NFL was on this too, decides to take Colin Kaepernick's name out of Big Sean's verse on Big Bank, the song Big Bank, YG, Nicki Minaj, 2 Chains, all that good stuff. They take Colin Kaepernick's name out of Big Sean's verse on the video game? Like it was a cuss word. Wow. Explicit content. That's power in your name, brother. Wow. And I'm glad you said that because I'm getting ready to dig into my uh, general media bachelor degree bag right quick because... Say that. The first thing, when I first heard it, obviously, me having, uh, you know, experience in radio and obviously me having a degree in general media, I instantly thought about a class that I took when I was in college. And this class was a media law and ethics class, and we went over all types of regulations. We went over all types of rules and laws when it comes to all sorts of media. Um, but in particularly, this made me think about FCC laws and regulations, which is pretty much what you can and can't do when it comes to your broadcasting rights. So when I thought about it, it made me think of radio, and it made me think of TV and how they're not allowed to have cuss words on there due to the FCC laws and regulations. And then I heard it on the video game. So when I heard it on the video game, I instantly thought, well, what's the laws and what's the regulations around that? And what I ended up seeing was all I did, was, all I had to do was look at the cover of Madden 2019. And when you look at the bottom left corner, it's a little E right there that shows that the video game is rated for everyone. Everyone. It's rated for everyone. So when I went and saw that the video game is rated for everyone, it made me think, hmm, does that mean Colin Kaepernick's name is not, or is suitable. too explicit, or it's not suitable for everyone? For everyone? Would I say power in that name? Power in that name. But it also made me think about a lot of things, and this will kind of be a theme of today's podcast because... We had some local protesting happen here in Portland over the weekend that reached national news, and we'll get into that later. But it made me begin to think about the power of that name, as you mentioned, when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and the power of these protests, which we all know has been heavily criticized for multiple reasons. And we all know we're getting ready to get back into that cycle of dealing with protests as the NFL teams are in training camp right, right, right. now Surround and the Florida. league is getting ready to start. And we've already gotten Dak Prescott coming out and speaking against protests. We've got players that are coming out speaking, saying that they will protest. You got we the have, game speaking out on Dak Prescott, you got, opinions. You got all that good stuff. So with all that being said, I think we need to talk about protests today and the power of Colin Kaepernick's protest because there's a lot of people out there that feel like he was wasting his time, that feel like what he was doing wasn't suitable for the game. Obviously, EA Sports, Mills Gaming, 
the NFL because I do think they were in on this, felt the same way. But what it also showed me on the other side of things is that the protest actually is working because these corporations, whether it be the NFL, whether it be EA Sports as a video game corporation, you name it, are now having to figure out ways and they're kind of going to the book of law to see how they can use or exclude Colin Kaepernick's name from being in this. So my take on what you just said, basically, I'm feeling like the reason... I agree with you first and foremost about, you know, it being power in the name. And I was one of the people who felt like at times that it was taken away from the game. It was something that I felt like on that platform could still be done a different way. And we spoke about that on previous podcasts. I'm sure you remember. Absolutely. But more so than anything, I feel that these owners and these people who have the say in these ultimate decisions are exposing their stupidity is what they're doing because they're making decisions and making themselves look bad and then having to retract and go back on it. Right. Hence, correct me if I'm wrong, they said they're going to fix that. Absolutely. They said on the updates that they'll fix it. Exactly. So it reminds me a lot of the H&M thing we had not too long ago where they claimed that we just weren't thinking like like You weren't thinking like that. Right. And when you have to issue these apologies and deal with all this stuff is doing you as a company more harm than good. Madden will not sell as much as he, if they don't fix that, it would be a wrap. Obviously it's diverse, but it's a lot of black people going out and buy Madden. We've been getting that as a Christmas present since we was forever ago. Right. And ultimately that's what I like about this whole situation because right with the protests happening, I think a lot of people got caught in the moment of I didn't foresee the argument. things like this. Exactly. Like I said, they're exposing their stupidity it, exactly. now. So I might not agree with, at the time, what was taking place, but the more that it's allowing them to expose themselves, I get it. It makes more sense. And I definitely think you can go as far as Colin Kaepernick. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I would say that Colin Kaepernick knew what he was doing when he decided to protest. I don't think he may have necessarily foreseen this either. But the fact that he was smart enough and conscious enough to protest and had a vision for right, his protest I'm and a reason behind it, yeah. it's like getting caught up in an old lie that you might have forgot you lied about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm a protest now, and it's going to be based around this particular situation, but ultimately it's going to expose you over here, over there, back there, over there, and it's going to be too hard for you to be able to sustain that quote-unquote lie. I think you're definitely correct with, there's no way he could have foreseen where it would have took him or how far it would go or whatever, but I think he did sit there and have that talk with himself. Like, I'm willing to be the risk. I'm, I'm a successful NFL player. He did have some good seasons. He's a successful NFL player. He chose to sacrifice himself. Because he would be on somebody's team right now. Absolutely. Today. I agree. We all agree with that, I agree right? 100%. So, with that being said, he said, I'm going to take this sacrifice and play this game with hopes that exactly what's happening now, is happening. Now, here's my question. Obviously, I think we both agree that he made the right, the right decision because we're both kind of talking about things that are obviously happening right now that all ultimately stemmed started from. and stemmed from that protest. But here's my question to you. 
in him taking that risk, I think it was more beneficial for society and everything. But had he been able to play, do you think his platform would be bigger as a player instead of now that he's no longer a player and he hasn't been hired by any teams? Do you think that his platform is bigger now with the exposure of all of these things that are happening, with the protests having been we're going on two to three years now that the pro I think it was what 2016 when he started protesting. So you have that coming into play. Do you think that now he has a bigger platform than he ever could have had playing the sport of football continuously? It excites me that you say this because I'm one of those forward thinkers that once the the tumbleweed get rolling, I think it could get big as hell. I think this thing haven't even blown up nearly. As big, and what I mean by that, and I think this might be the first point where you disagree with me in the show, but I think we haven't seen our last days of Colin Kaepernick playing in the NFL. No, I think we have, and that's why I say, yeah. I, I and I, I, I follow what he's doing. He's staying active, right? He's still athletic. Yeah, build. he's prepared, right? And that, and and that so, and takes you a long way. And that's what I'm saying. Does. He's prepared, and. This is not going to take too much longer. If he stays away another two years, I might agree. But I think this might be the last season we don't see Colin Kaepernick playing in the NFL. I think that all of these different moves is setting up some kind of big lawsuit or campaign or something that's going to get him back. And at that time, obviously, yes, he's going to have a big platform, a lot more eyes on him, and obviously more pressure. But... He he still might play the game. I think we still yet to see the biggest moves from what he's doing. Okay, yeah, I, and I respect that. I respect that you said that. I don't think that he's going to play the game again. I really don't because although he is staying prepared, Father Time is still undefeated. These younger guys are going to – I think the sport in itself, aside from the politics, plays a part in this as well. Not saying that I don't think Colin Kaepernick is still right. playing the league today. I think he's just but I think the longer close enough. Yeah, he's in. He's I, in. I, I agree, but and I still think that the longer he's away from the game, the harder it's going to be for him to get back into the game. It, but that's I do, why I say I, I think this would have to be his last season to be off. In the game right now. And don't get me wrong. I think it's up to him. If he – next year, if you want to play football, I think – he will be in a position to where that is up to him if right. you want to play in the NFL. So it's yet to be seen if he even wants to. For like, sure. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. If, if he wants to, I think by next season he will have the opportunity. That's interesting. That's interesting. But next, I'm a matter of fact, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me introduce the show. Mm-hmm. Wake up, wake up, wake up, world. <laughs> You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast. I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. Here with D-Boy. As I said, we're here in Portland. Um, in the sweet, sweet, beautiful, nice, all that attractive stuff, Pearl District, I love it here. Um, but I do want to stick to the NFL now. Let's dig right back into it. Let's do it. I want to stick to the NFL now because Terrell Owens just made a big move. He he took action in the way that he decided to take action, which is very common when it comes to Terrell Owens. But what he did was he decided not to attend the Hall of Fame ceremony. He was inducted to the Hall of Fame over the weekend. He decided to not attend. He decided to do his Hall of Fame speech at his alma mater. Um, His reasoning that he stated in the Hall of Fame speech as to why he didn't want to attend had everything to do with sports writers, ultimately the media. 
which I think is very interesting. Um, obviously, in my opinion, and I think the numbers also prove that Terrell Owens is a top five wide receiver of all time. The numbers prove it. Um, the receiving yards prove it. The touchdowns prove it. The longevity of his career proves it. I got a jersey of him, and I never like a single team he played for. Exactly. I respect the man game. Exactly. Everybody, everything goes in his favor if you want to make the argument that he is a top five receiver of all time. And ultimately, if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, which, by the way, Randy Moss was, who I think is kind of the most comparable person for T.O. Because I think Jerry Rice is at the top by itself when it comes to being the greatest receiver of all time. But it's debatable whether Randy Moss or Terrell Owens is second or third. Right. You can have your way with that. So ultimately, what I'm saying is, I think it made the media look absolutely terrible, which is why I respected what he did. And here's why I say that. As somebody who's a part of the media, as somebody who covers sports, as somebody who's in this media game, and even as somebody that do that does this podcast for the many reasons that I do, the media is very fast and very quick and was very fast mm-hmm. and very quick to expose to uh, Terrell Owens throughout his career, whether it be on the field issues, off the field issues, you name it, the media salivated for those sports stories. Right. They salivated to make him look bad publicly. And I'm not 100% defending everything that Terrell Owens did because he was a little bit of a head case in the NFL. So I'm not in defense of anything that the media covered as far as Terrell Owens is concerned. Right. But that's the juice. That's the juice. juice And he was such an elite player that it was big news. But my point is in that you got to be able to take back in return where you're flawed as a whole or as a collective. And I would have to say the sports writers were absolutely wrong for not picking him the first two times to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it took him three times to actually be uh, inducted. Yeah, it's a I no think brainer. It's, bogus. it's a no brainer. He's a Hall of Famer, no brainer. For, exactly. Yeah, first time. So, so with that, I actually kind of like the kickback from Terrell Owens well, and the statement that he made. Well, I think I think I like it because I I like it for multiple reasons. I feel like he would have felt fake or would have said how he really felt at the hall of if right, he right. Attended. At the ceremony yeah yeah and i feel like i feel like that takes away from the people around like it's a glorious positive happy successful night for everybody there absolutely i think it takes away from even if they agree with him it's just us you know it's a bitter moment within that night right. i think him being able to still have a platform to announce why he didn't attend and getting it through to us, I think that that was good. And I, I just agree with him. If he felt how he feels, which we all probably agree with him, yeah, I wouldn't show up either because I'm not going to show up on the right. I'm not going to show up feeling how I should feel on this kind of night. Now catch what the gag is here. The gag is that the Pro Football Hall of Fame Committee, which is separate from the actual sports writers right. who vote yeah. to be able to induct him. It's separate, but... It still, I guess, in their eyes, somewhat took away from the ceremony that he didn't attend and basically that they had to be criticized, whether it was be on, the, on behalf of the sports writers or not, which we now know it was on behalf of the sports writers. I think they still felt it looked a little tacky. So now it's being reported that they might have to make what's called a 
Tara Lowen's rule. And when players become semifinalists as candidates to be picked to go into the Hall of Fame, they pretty much have to sign a contract to say whether they're going to attend the ceremony or not because this was the first time that the Hall of Fame has seen anything like this, that the organization has seen anything like this, and a player was able to make the stance that Tara Lawrence made. And like I said, that's one of them situations where you can never please everybody. And what I mean by that is, say he would have showed up and said how he really felt. Then it's going to be a contract that you have to say nice things and not right, bash people. Right, so right. that's what I'm saying is that they're going to try to get this thing as clean as possible. He's just the first one that shine any negativity to yeah. this. It's, like I said, it's a joyous occasion for everybody, particularly right. speaking. But for somebody who a no-brainer first ballot to go after the third time, he wouldn't have had the right things to say. And then they would have been embarrassed on the spot with some footage you can't erase yeah. at that ceremony. And then it would have been a Terrell Lawrence contract rule for, you know, not publicly criticizing whoever, however. Right. And you can't manage all that. So yeah, I think too much did, micromanaging exactly, there. I think yeah. he did the right decision. Yeah. And I think, like I said, this is a rare case. They usually get it right, but they were completely wrong for this one. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and I, I'm glad you said that because I agree 100% that this isn't me going against the media as somebody that works in the media. Right. They usually but get this it right. is me. Yeah, absolutely. They usually get it right. They're on point with their research. Like I said, I wasn't defending anything that they covered Terrell Lawrence no, for never. throughout his That's career juice. where he may have been wrong. Like you said, it's juice. It's a part of the job. It has to be reported. But I'm not mad at Terrell Lawrence holding majority of these same media members that have had so much to say about him throughout his career holding them accountable for where they made a mistake at. And I personally believe, and obviously you believe, that the man was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And That's anybody who doesn't think that he was... Is stupid. Look it up. Do your research. Fact. Watch the game. Or know, did you NFL, watch the game? Yeah. And you're stupid to the NFL if you don't think that. Absolutely, absolutely. So next I want to go right into this uh, LeBron James and Donald Trump situation. First off, let's start on the bright side of things. Salute to LeBron James for being able to launch his new school. Um, he launched it in his hometown of Akron. Um, There's so many perks that go along with this school that it makes me wish that I can go back to school and go there. <laughs> Kids getting free bicycles. You got uh, parents can come to the school and try to get a job. They can go apply for jobs. You got food aid. Food aid. <clears throat> Food aid, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you got a, you get a scholarship or you get free tuition, I should say, to the University of Akron if you make it through the school and you get accepted to the University of Akron. I think it's just so incredibly dope what it is that he's doing. And I think that what it is that he's doing will be a dream come true for everybody. But now, let's talk about our president. Who I hate to call that. The other day on Twitter, I think I said uh, Kamala Harris is my president. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> Let's talk about the man who is currently in office right now, Donald Trump. Who, Donald Trump? Call him what you want. <laughs> Let's talk about him. He came out and he indirectly criticized LeBron. Or if I'm going to just be quite real, he indirectly directly called LeBron a dummy by saying that the person that interviewed LeBron 
made LeBron sound smart, and that's a hard thing to do. So not only did he come out come at LeBron, call pretty much stupid. calling him stupid, he came at the guy who was interviewing LeBron for him making him look smart. Exactly. So um, I think it's interesting. It's another thing that's interesting, and it goes back to what you talked about when it comes to exposure. And, you know, a lot of people out there are saying it's a part of Trump's ag- agenda to be distracting people and to be attacking these athletes and you say whatever you want to say about it to try and defend Trump or try to um, defuse this situation, call it what you want it. But the reality is that it happened. And the reality is that it happened while Trump is in office as the president of the United States. And, and the reality also right is... There. Go ahead. The reality and the reality is, also is we're seeing LeBron climb up the social chain in society day by day by day. And quite frankly, I think it's threatening in the same way that I think that I think, Colin Kaepernick was threatening with his protest, and we're starting to see loose ends be loose ends that we didn't quite know or expect to be I loose ends early on. I think the key that you said is that that is our current president of the United States. The shit wouldn't matter if he didn't hold that title. Absolutely. This is why people call him stupid every day on Instagram in his comments. No matter what he do, somebody... When you're on that level, we know that. But the president to be bashing somebody who's taking such a giant, innovative leap forward is crazy to me. That's crazy. And it's only crazy. It's only crazy because he's my president. Right. Because I see crazy shit all the time in comments. (laughs) And as an aspiring, you know, upcoming, in the game artist type of person, that I am myself, I sit back and often try to put myself in these shoes to see if I'm prepared and ready for what could potentially come my way. So I pay attention to these things all the time. But for the president to say something that outlandish, I think it strictly is a part of his agenda. It's so much going on with that he should be taking care of as a president where his opinion on LeBron and a, whoever interviewed him shouldn't matter. But he's speaking on that and he knows that it's going to get so much attention that we completely forgetting about what really matters that we might have to go do some research on. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. I thought about it today. Um, I actually said this story on air before on the radio show, but I don't think I ever put put things into this perspective right. here on the podcast. But I thought about it today because um, I was with our guy, Mayor Mo, our guy who Mayor we call Mayor Mo. Mo. Shout out, Mayor Mo. Shout out, Mayor Mo. I was with him earlier today, and a song popped into my head, and it was a confunction song, an old school song. Um, me, being the not-so-great singer that I am, <laughs> tried to sing the song to him, and he's like, man, I don't know what song you're singing. But as soon as I pulled it up on Apple Music, all of a sudden it clicked. I don't know what that's about, but it is what it is. So... <laughs> Once that happened, I was telling Mo, like, you know, Confunction is from Vallejo, which is you and I's hometown. Right, right. And from there, you know, I got in my bag a little bit. I got in my Vallejo bag and, you know, started to brag. Yeah, we breed legends. Confunction is from our hometown. Mm-hmm. Sly and the Family Stone is from our hometown. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, E-40, Mac Dre's from our hometown. D-Boy I even from got, our hometown. hello, you know we're, we're both from our hometown. <laughs> I even got in my bag and had to let him know the history about Jeff Gordon also being from our hometown. 
CC Sabathia from our hometown. The list goes on. Yes, yes, yes. But my point is this, and this is my point that I was making on the radio station. Another person that's from our hometown is a guy by the name of Bernard Tyson, who you and I happen to be kin to. Kaiser Permanente. He's also the CEO of Kaiser Permanente. But what interests me is the fact that I was so quick to throw out Confunction, so quick to throw out Sly, so quick to throw out E-40, so quick to throw out Jeff Gordon, people that we can quote-unquote relate to because we're in the sports world, we're in the entertainment world, and I'm so quick to pump them up as to why Vallejo is such a prominent city and we Mm -hmm. breed the best. I never even mentioned Bernard Tyson, who I would say holds Mm -hmm. the the most prominent job of anybody to ever come out of the city of Vallejo. Wow. That's big talk. And it was which, just a natural, it was instinctive. Which go back to what I was saying, right? It's like, this was thrown in your face. This is what's relevant. This is what people can easily care about without having to go do some research about what's going on in Kaiser right. and what kind of innovative health care right. benefits and stuff that they bring into the table. So that's exactly what I mean. Exactly. So I think that was good to be able to circle that around and bring that back here because like I said, not only is he from Vallejo, not only does he have the most prominent job that I know of of anybody that has come out of the city of Vallejo, the man is our cousin. Real cousin. <laughs> He's our real cousin. Not We're related to him. You got that job, cousin. Our real our cousin. Our real cousin. So that in itself made me think like, wow, I naturally and instinctively went to everybody else just because what I can relate to that I never even mentioned him. But ultimately, that's part of the problem that I have with Trump as well. When you have somebody like LeBron, we're talking about kids now. You have somebody like LeBron doing what he's doing for families and ultimately doing what he's doing for kids, you shut the hell up and leave him be. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you agree with him. Unless I don't care you if you disagree with him. Say. Now, now this is when morals come into play. This is no longer <clears throat> about politics. This is no longer about law. This is about morals coming into play. And right. in the position that you hold, you are now... Growing up, everybody where we came from either wanted to be an athlete, a rapper, a musician, or the president. Yeah, fact. You're now demeaning and degrading this guy who is trying to let these kids and give these kids an opportunity to actually fulfill those dreams to be in a position that you are. And you're not even conscious of it. So that's the ultimate problem that I got there. Donald (laughs) Duck. That's the ultimate problem I got there. Um, I want to localize things a little bit, though, because uh, we actually had some protests happen right here over the weekend in the city of Portland. Um, It reached national headlines. Um, It was a big deal. It was a far-right protest. Um, You had the Proud Boys who partnered up with a group called Patriot Prayer. Um, They came out here and protested. It was a permitted protest. Um, They let it be known. It It was being talked about in the days coming up to the actual day that they decided to do it. They marched downtown. They were armed. They let it be known that they were armed, legally, of course. And they did what they had to do. They, they protested. And quite frankly, I'm not mad at them for it. I'm not mad at them for protesting because I can't sit here and support what Colin Kaepernick do, is doing with his right to protest. And not. I may not have to agree with what you're protesting, but I can't sit here and defend Kaepernick for protesting and then criticize them for protesting. Yeah, you got the right to protest. You got the right to protest. So that's all fine and dandy. And quite frankly, you got the right to bear arms. You got the right to have your weapon legally. If you're not breaking the law, I can't knock you for it. 
And you want to know why else I can't knock you for it? Because I can't knock Philando Castile for having a legal weapon when he was gunned down by a police officer. I can't knock him for that, so I'm not going to knock you off for that. But what I just said is exactly the problem. I thought it was a bit of a flex. I thought it was a flex by um, this far right group to decide, you know what? We're going we're gonna to we protest. Can, so we will. We can, so we will. And not only can we do it and we will do it, the police actually had more problems with the counter protesters than they did with this far right group that was protesting because it was permitted. It was legal. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they set it up right, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. I don't agree kinda, with kind of tactic tactfully set it up knowing that it's good, which is, for the, which is smart. It, it's very smart. It gives Shit. them a reason. Keep it real. And that's what I'm saying. I think this could be a learning experience. Because I am for protesting. I'm not for protesting the reasons that they did. But, but I am for the right, right to protest. And you think it out, it could be effective and impactful. As and Colin Kaepernick did. Mm-hmm. And that was a tactic that they tried to use. It was a flex. It ultimately was a flex. We're not comfortable with having guns around the police because of reasons like Philando Castile, who was gunned down as a legal gun owner. So ultimately what I'm getting at is not only was it a flex, this is a part of the social issues that we talk about and that we cover and that we are, these are points that we're trying to get off Mm. is that we get killed for being legally armed. What was the, uh, they were pretty much defended for being legally armed. What what kind of problems might I ask? What kind of problems? Were the, the counter protesters have? Um, um, they came with weapons, obviously, because and they weren't permitted. They weren't permitted, so they came with weapons. It wasn't a situation where you can bring weapons, but you know, people are passionate and feel strongly about politics. People feel like here in the city of Portland that these people shouldn't be able to come here and do that, so they're going to show up and cause a scene. Um, and like I said, I, I'm more so aligned with those people politically. But, but that was the tactic they, they, that was used by this far-right group. Even at Street Roots, where I work at, we were sure to tell a lot of the vendors that came through because we knew the po- I mean, the protest was happening. We were sure to tell them to try to stay away from it, be safe, because quite frankly, this is not in your favor. Mm-hmm. This whole situation isn't in your favor. And so, yeah, police took weapons. Um, they made protesters, counter-protesters leave at a certain time. They, like rushed a crowd of counter-protesters that they told had to be gone at a certain time. They tried not to leave. So, you know, the police department had to do what it had to do to get people to evacuate and make you leave, et cetera, et cetera. So those were ultimately some of the problems that counter-protesters who, like I said, we probably so more so aligned with politically faced and going up against this far-right group that tactically put this protest together. So, like I said, I think it was a learning experience um, like I told you all earlier, this would kind of be a protest themed podcast, but it was a learning experience for some just to be careful and still know what it is that you're getting into when you decide to protest. True. Do it at your own risk. Be safe. But these are things that also happen at protests. Yeah. Think it out. Don't just jump the gun because you align with one side and you don't align with another. Colin Kaepernick was a person who thought it out. Quite frankly, the Proud Boys whatever you want to call them, they tactfully thought thought it out. So for people who may decide to kind of jump in this game, and I know pro- protesting isn't going out of style anytime soon, 
just be conscious and, and aware of what's going game, on. But yeah, if you're trying to jump into you, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, don't take protests and lightly. We at still all. talk sports. We still talk right. sports right, here. Right. So <laughs> when I say game, you yeah, know, you it know goes hand in hand. But yeah, so, just yeah. be safe with it because we know it's not a game, and we understand that. Absolutely, absolutely. So lastly, I want to take it to hip hop. You know, we always like to throw a little hip hop in here, and I think this was a good week of music, um, especially. Two, you know, it's going two. Uh, <laughs> YG four <laughs> hundred. <laughs> You had YG releasing an album. You had uh, uh, Travis Scott releasing an album. Um, you had her releasing EP. Shout out to her, Vallejo, California. Another one of those talents that, um, you know, I had to just throw in here because she is from Vallejo. You had uh, Mac, uh, Mac Miller. Miller. Um, Ella Maid's got a new song that's popping right now that I think was recently released. It was just a good week of music. A lot of people dropped music this week. So, D-Boy, I just want to kind of you know, figure out what's your thoughts on not only the music game, but on some of what you may have heard from all of these projects. I know it's hard to listen to all of them right, in that right. short time span, but what's kind of your, you know, your first takes when it comes to what you may have heard, what you may have not heard, what you may have seen and what you may have not seen, where you stand right now? Well, uh, I've been on the road this week, so luckily I've covered a lot of ground on the highway a lot of miles, so I've been able to listen to a significant amount of music. Obviously, the ones that I looked forward to first, and then I kind of dabbled into some other stuff, and I still got more to listen to. But um, I'm gonna start off with YG's album, just because that's what I—that's the drop that I was looking forward to the most. That's West. I'm a West, West Coast. I like the up tempo, the bangers, the you know, all of that. So um, I listened to it and. I would have to be honest and tell you that I'm, I wouldn't say my expectations, but I loved my crazy life. Yeah. Classic, Classic album, undeniable, in my opinion. Obviously, that's to be debated. That's why I said in my opinion, but I wanted it to be closer to that feeling, vibe, and significance to me than this new project was. However, I did still like the project. Right. There are some songs that I've had on repeat so far. I'm I pulling up and I'm slapping and you feel me? The one that I just said, the Too Young, you feel me? That shit was hard. Uh, I like the 10 times harder for a real nigga, the intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah, slapping at me. That so when hard. he came in with that and set the tone, I got excited. Like, right. okay, you right. feel me? And it went, you know, it, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was a good project, a good body. And uh, yeah, it's like four slappers on there. I just told you two of them. Um, the one with uh, Quavo. Slay. Slay. That was my favorite record. Right. That, my brother told me about that one before I even heard it. Uh, shout out to Pounce right here. And uh, yeah, that's one of them ones that I could see the girls getting ready to. You feel me? The Snapchat right. videos, the Instagram. And you feel me? My girl Alexis told me that. She was like, that's just the vibe where you just see the... You know what I mean? A slut. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that kind of shit. And girls is in their bag. Oh, Women they, is in their bag these days. It they, was just they getting a little it, more like, feisty. Yeah, they like, getting a little more. You know, they yeah, they, so. they they fighting for themselves. And right, right. Obviously, we're fighting for them too. But mm -hmm. yeah, so, women are in their bag right now. So before we go to the next, uh, you know, body of work, I want to talk about what you think about the YG. Project? Um, I I agree with you. I do hold YG to the my crazy life expectations. 
But I also think this think that this goes back to the podcast when we talked about Drake's album. Mm-hmm. And remember I was saying, is there a such thing as just reaching such a peak that you just never get that back? It's like, you know, I, how, how some people say about like drug users, that first high is just your best high. I'm well, not I, saying I, that I YG's first high yeah. was his best no, high when I don't it comes think to that his it comes success to, musically, but... I don't think that yeah. it ties into the peak with... YG in comparison to Drake as much as like I know the points you was making and how you was tying that but I do agree more so with it translates you said it in terms of the first high me being an artist and just being around music people usually say the first album is the best album for artists too right they usually say their first album was that classic and Kanye West right a lot you hear it a lot so it's hard to set. That's why I said I didn't want to set him to that standard, but I would have liked it to be closer. So I guess I did still. Yeah, it's just but hard. It's, it's, it's hard, just hard not, not to. to. It's hard not to. Classic to me. Now so. here's a question that I have for you, just because it caught my interest. Because I think um, you already know how I, I adore Ty Dolla Sign as an artist. Right. He's like one of my favorite artists in the game. I think he's super dope. Um, I think he slays records. Any record he gets on, he slays. Shout out to Quavo and YG for that record. But it also kind of got my wheels to turning because the songs were back-to-back on the album. You had the the power song with YG and Ty yeah. Dolla Sign, yeah. and that was followed up with Slay mm-hmm. from YG and Quavo. And it made me kind of get in my comparative bag, which is what we do. We think a lot. And I was just thinking about Quavo and Ty Dolla Sign, and I ultimately think on that project, Quavo had the better feature just because I like that song a lot more. Mm-hmm. But it made me think, you as an artist, if you had to choose who you would want to do a record with or have feature on your record out of those two guys, are you going with Quavo or are you going with Ty Dolla Sign? Ty Dolla Sign. I'm West Coast. I like Ty Dolla Sign as an artist more. I respect what the Migos are doing. I've seen them perform live. Um, they they popping right now. Obviously, they hot, but they really, a, the hottest damn it. I mean, they right, top, right, they're right. Hot. But as a creative, somebody whose brain I would want to pick, somebody who I would want to collaborate and you know what I mean, do yeah. a record with. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I would I would choose Ty. I agree that. Quavo had a stronger appearance on that project. Absolutely. But I would still want to ultimately do a song with Ty. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I And a lot of other people that asked that, asked that same question agreed as well. Um, but I do think they're a little bit more comparable. Um, a lot of the reason because is because, as you mentioned, we kind of have this West Coast bias. But sometimes I kind of like the mix of the West Coast down South mm-hmm. coming together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sometimes I think... It's too easy, and you're a little bit less creative. Even though I don't rap, this is just kind of how I see it, that you might be a little bit less creative making a song with Ty Dolla Sign, who's uber talented, but we both kind of see eye to eye, and we both kind of have these West Coast vibes. It's like, that's kind of the easier thing to do, and because it's the easier thing to do, you might get kind of a duplicate sound, Rather so than you making a I record think, with somebody like a Quavo, which is still a uh, super hot sound right now, and then that ultimately creating something. I think I can like a risk or reward type of a deal. 
I think I consider most of what you said, and obviously, you know, going to do some, you know, with expanding your network and going as far away from home as possible, getting your name out there is a great thing. But I'm just saying, for me personally, I I have liked so much more of Ty Dolla Sign's music. It obviously is more relatable to me. The sound is more, but I still think that me and Ty are different enough where it would yeah. still be a crazy, yeah, don't creation. collab. Yeah, right, I right, think right. it would be good. So I just went off the pure form of, like I said, what I'm more into as an artist. I respect and love seeing the Migos as a whole and each one of them individually thrive and do their thing, period. But I'm I'm just more into the sound that I that I hear now here now now here now here's my next question because like I said I ultimately agree with you but I just I gotta know um, I think it's safe to say that Atlanta is the hottest region in hip hop right now. Um, um no comment. <laughs> I mean I, I think mainstream wise or if they're not anymore that just recently came about because uh, I, I know agree. the band they, they have been LA is hot they YG have been, yeah, but they, they have, have been, been for quite some time yes now. I agree um so with that I will say although I got a lot of people that said Ty Dolla Sign as well although I would say Ty Dolla Sign as well um try to take your bias out of it right quick on a general grand scheme of things gl- nationally globally call it what you want because amigos have been hot for quite a while, do you think that there would be more people that want to make records with Ty Dolla Sign or that want to make records with Quavo because of maybe Quavo is, Quavo is closer to that wave? The Migos, as a group, they've thrived like crazy. Um, not saying Ty Dolla Sign hasn't. It's a comparison here. So, before on I, the grand scheme of things, do you think it's Ty or Quavo, take yourself out of it. Yeah, take right. me out of it, and all the people that said Ty Dolla Sign around me because they always from right. the West Coast too. Right. I'm gonna answer your question, and then I'm gonna ask you some questions because you said take Absolutely. you out of it. All right. Absolutely. So I'm gonna answer your question, and I'm going to say more people in the grand scheme of things would want to do music with Quavo. Okay. Or the Migos, however you want to, you know. Yeah, Quavo is Quavo. Yeah, that, that was the feature. Yeah, so right. Quavo. But we can all agree that trap music in general, trap sound has had a pretty good long run. Right. Years. Years wide, right? About four or five, six years. It's been, right. it's yeah, been, it's been going, a while. right? It's been a while. Um, so we agree with that. Do you agree that the Migos music is timeless or generational? And that's where I would base my decision off of because, like we talk about from all aspects, and I want you to answer that question. Yeah, but yeah I'm just I will. saying to we live in the now with everything right. from the LeBron James stories to everything. It's very short term memory, right. and people live in it now. So I would say Quavo has more relevancy right now, but I feel like. Ty Dolla Sign's music is more timeless, in my opinion. Right. So, obviously, I'm going to want to go with what I feel like is the most timeless and what I feel like I can make the most money on. For sure, for sure. In the long run, other than feeding the cravings 
of a time frame I or think, generation. So yeah, if I, I want to know that, what you think. To answer that, I think you're more so. Um, well, I'm more so since I'm answering the question. I take that as kind of a talent comparison. I do think you know, obviously, you got the quote, "Hard work beats talent" when talent fails to work hard. But I don't think that applies to Ty Dolla Sign because he's working his ass off. And I just saw him do an interview over the weekend. Um, with my guy Tino Cochino out there in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tino, real good people. Right, um, right. I just seen him do an interview with Tino Cochino saying, like, he's damn near getting ready to drop five or six projects before the year is up. Who said that? Ty. Because okay. Tino basically asked him, like, you've had so much success already in this year. You're kind of getting the rep as the feature Kanye, king. No, yeah. You've been on every big album that dropped this year. Like, what do you have to look forward to for the rest of the year? And he's like, man, I'm just working. I'm getting ready to just start flooding the market and drop a shit ton of projects going into the year's end. So I would have to say that Quavo's music is timeless as well. And here's why I say that. Not because I think he's more talented. I think on a personal level, it's Ty Dolla Sign. But taking myself out of it, I think that the Migos made a big enough wave and a big enough splash in hip-hop that they're ultimately going to be able to go down as one of the greatest groups of all time. Ty Dolla Sign, I don't think he's necessarily going to be in the argument of being one of the greatest artists of all time if we're talking about won't be. the elite of the elite. He won't be. Like I said, personally, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. Right. But if I take myself out of it, I don't think he's going to be in that conversation. That doesn't mean that his music can't but live on can't, forever either. But once again, you told me we're not talking about the Migos. We're talking about Quavo. Yeah. So let's stick. Let's but, bring, but, let's but keep, even, but, but even with that, I think when it comes to Quavo. I mean, yeah, I'm saying Quavo in general, not even, me. But, but, but this is what I'll say. Even sonically, I think Quavo is like the Beyonce of the Migos. He's what Beyonce was to Destiny's Child. I also believe that Quavo has featured on the DJ Khaled records. We obviously know that he's on the um, do you really, the do Beyonce you really, and Jay Z records. I get once he's, again he's featured on some very going, hot records I just as well. I tried I to bite my tongue, but I can't. I get what you are trying to say, but you know how much credit you just gave this man by saying he was the Beyonce of the Migos. That is. I get, like I said, I'm not I saying get what he's you, Beyonce. No, I know, but I'm just yeah. saying, I get the. I absolutely but, but think that's, he's the, that's a heavy I absolutely statement. think he's the Beyonce of the Migos, and that's not comparing him to Beyonce. No, I know you're not, but artist. I just. But what you, I'm saying you have is, an opinion that he holds that the most weight. When to it that comes group. to the music, when it comes to sonically, I think that Quavo holds the most weight to that group. I also think, like you know, obviously the group's popping. That's not to say that the other two aren't holding their weight, but. Offset kind of popped off, you know, through Cardi B a little bit as far as his individual buzz is concerned. I think when people thought Migos, people think Quavo before they think Offset and Takeoff. At least before, at least in Quavo. No, 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 no. I think that I think that's been the case since Cardi B came into the picture. I disagree, but that's what we're here for. I don't think that Quavo. I think Quavo was easily kind of the ring leader. I mean, their biggest record, what, Bad and Bougie? Offset wasn't even on that record. 
And that was their hottest record. That You remember the Breakfast Club interview. Do it look like I was left off bad and bougie? Because Offset was in jail at that time. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think Quavo was the ringleader in the group. But I think Offset obviously is really good. The group is still popping like crazy that he's still popping in a mega way. And now he's with Cardi B, who has made history in this shit. So it's like, I just think that Quavo's music is ultimately going to be timeless. Um, I think just kind of our taste in music, our West Coast bias, the fact that, I mean, I rock, I've been rocking with the Migos for a while now, but just the fact that our taste, the age bracket that we're in, we may not necessarily be, we're not all the way in when it comes to trap music. There's kids and there's a young great wave and there's this streaming era that's, and that's growing what up. I mean by that's it. all the way bought you're in not, the You're trap not music. contradicting yourself, but you kind of get what. That's what I mean by. I can't say that it's timeless yet. I can say that they made a few hit records. Don't, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. Which we we can say says that Gemini made a few hit records. That don't mean that it's timeless. Right. You get what I mean? So it's like I just need to see because what I'm saying by that is like Ty. He might not be as popping as the Migos it's right the now, talent. but the talent is. And long. I, agree I, th- there. I think the versatility. I, I think I know what I'm gonna get from a Quavo verse. Yeah. I think I could go in there and not know what direction Tiger. I agree. And that's what I'm talking about from a creative. So I agree. Talent wise, I agree. But influence, I don't yeah, know if I could say. And I think influence is gonna play a part. If we want the Migos music being played timelessly, if we want to like transition, they're gonna that be in that quick. conversation of being the greatest group ever. <laughs> Let's let's transition that real quick into who I think has a big influence in hip hop right now, and that's Travis Scott. And I want you to answer first, because I know you you're a fan rock, of Travis. I Scott. rock with right. Travis. So I what, went and saw what, Travis when he brought Drake out here right. to Portland. Astro World, right? Yeah. What's your opinion? Um, you know what? One thing I like about Travis is I think Travis is consistent. Um, I think not only is he a good artist, but I think he's very consistent. Um, like I said, he has some dope records. Um, he's, I wanted to be shocked a little bit more by it, by this album. I wasn't really shocked with what he dropped. I wanted to be shocked more about it because I think Travis is also one of those people that's talented enough to shock you. Maybe not to the extent of Dallas sign, but in a way that Dallas sign could shock you. I do think that about Travis Scott. Even more so than I may even think about like a Quavo just because of the group element and Travis has more experience as being a solo artist. I think that matters a lot. So I don't think I necessarily got that out of this album, but it's definitely an album that I got on repeat and that I'm listening to because I'm already attracted to his style, to his flow. But I do think that he's a little bit more talented than what he might have showed on this album. And I... uh... I gave it one listen, not all the way through, but I got through enough. Like right. I said, I was on a long drive, and I was just like, okay, I listened to enough music and kind of turned everybody off. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But the talent is there. Like you said, you kind of know what you're going. He has a sound, his ad lib. He's kind of, his sound is cemented. You know right. Travis Scott when you hear Travis Scott. But That prayer's up record was so hard. Right. I just don't know if it was, and you might take this the wrong way, but overly creative with the format or something was just different to me. Like, I felt like it was like two songs in one on 
one or two right, of the right, records. Right, right, right. I felt like sicko some records. was super long. Right. I like certain aspects to it because I like them as an artist and I respect it. And like I said, I kind of know the sound I'm going to get. So I'm listening from an engineering perspective. Right. Create, like a lot of different ways. But it was just a bit much for me. Maybe it was just the day, the drive I was on, whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I didn't get through all of it and... You know, it wasn't um, nothing think, where I was just like, this shit, bad. It yeah, was just, I think that could be the case. It was the format or Listen, whatever if was I'm different. being honest with you, I think some of that, I think he's got a little bit of that Kardashian influence too, if we're being honest. I, I think that Kardashian influence is real, man. Like, but what do you, what it's aspect a real thing. Of the the aspect of it is that with his creativity, he's in, they're creative at the end of the day. That family yeah, they may have made it a certain type of way. Right. But to be able to sustain it in the way that they did and mm-hmm. to keep magnifying stay their relevant. fame and their status yeah. and stay relevant, I think that's a hard thing to do. And I think sometimes you can kind of stray away from not necessarily street music, but a little bit more of the street vibes mm-hmm. and try to do a little bit too much as far as industry vibes are concerned. And I just think that's the environment that he's been around lately. So I think that ultimately affects your music when you've been around these industry vibes where it's such different types of creations happening. Sometimes you could stray away from your roots a little bit more than maybe we're used to or than maybe we expected you to. I think that plays a part. It might subtly play a part, but I think that part is there. And like I said, I dig deep. So I'm one of them type of people that thinks that I put the album title with, it's called Astro World. It, it's some out of here type right, stuff. Right, if right, right, exactly. On first, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so right. it was out of here. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's a lot of music. I think that I'm going to listen to the other projects we mentioned a little bit more in depth and come back and uh, bring you some more feedback next yeah, week. But if there's sure. anything else you want to cover, you mentioned the Her. I, track. Yeah, I did hear her. Kind of dabble I did listen to her. And, and I want to give I want to give her her credit. <laughs> that might not make sense, <laughs> her, but her, her name her is credit. Her for those of you who've never heard of Her. H-I-E-R, <laughs> right? Yes, the acronym is Her. Okay. So um, I want to give her major props right now because um, I think R&B kind of became a lost art. A lot of it having to do with engineering. A lot of it having to do mm-hmm. with that trap music and that trap sound. Melodies. The melodies. Auto-tune. You know what I mean? The auto-tune that kind of flushed out real R&B or real vocalist, per se. Mm-hmm. And I think her is all of that wrapped in one. Um, she obviously gave me some Lauryn Hill vibes with her opening track. She sampled Lauryn Hill. Um, she spit like crazy. And I'm talking about... She was spitting some major game, like she rapped on it. She didn't even sing on it. She rapped on it and was spitting some major game. Like I was very impressed with her flow. I've more so been impressed with her R and B touch since I've gotten to know who she is as an artist. But that's one of those things that she showed me that I didn't really know was in her bag. But I should have knew it was in her bag because of where she's from, Vallejo, California. But I just had never heard it. So when I heard her flow the way she did, I'm like, okay, yeah, she's got the whole package. But ultimately, I think she's one of those staples in legitimate R&B music right now today that I think got kind of lost in the wash of, I guess, trap music or this melodic music and just this great boost in engineering that's happening with obviously hard work, but also advancements in technology. 
So shout out to her for we that. Keep agree. playing your part. Keep playing your part, cause and we will. It'll listening. take you a major way, and I'm I'm all in on you, and I'm a big time supporter. But uh, shout yourself out, D boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank y'all for rocking with us this week. Like I said, uh, we had a busy week, covered a lot of ground, and then we capped it off on Sunday night last yeah, night absolutely. with a show by myself. Shout out to District PDX. It was a great time. So, uh, yeah, we a little bit under the weather, tired, but we're going to definitely keep bringing the heat to y'all the only way we know how. So stay woke and go win. Yee yee.